0: Welcome gather round the fireside and listen to a tale Of yon McCool cool colored dear draw the sorrows drawn you wail From giants right down to fairies of drooping and solitary And ghosts who are sometimes scary Anything goes by the fireside yeah. Hello and welcome to Fireside, the Irish storytelling podcast. Each episode of Fireside we take a story from folklore or mythology, retell it, have a chat about the tale itself and about the craft, culture and history of storytelling. My name is Kevin C. Olahan and I am your host and your Fireside Bard. Welcome to episode 60 of Fireside the Irish Storytelling Podcast. We are coming to you, as always, from the beautiful surroundings of the Headstuff Podcast Network Studios right here in Dublin. You're all very welcome along to this, the 60th episode. Another. Each episode, once you get past... I think once I got past 20 episodes, really, every episode became like a milestone. But really, every time you... You hit a new decade of episodes. It really does hit home again, more and more how obscure the uh, the Roman numerals of the episodes get. Episode LX. This is really the time, as I say, that you regret more and more using Roman numerals. As cool as they look to begin with, when you get into the complicated, once you get past fifty, um, that's when it gets that's when it gets complicated to to look at and when it starts to look like the dates that uh, movies were copyrighted in if this is your first time listening you're very welcome along if this is your returning listener thank you so much for your continued support uh, please do leave comments, ratings whatever you do on wherever you get your podcasts Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever they really do make a difference. Um, Follow me on Instagram at FiresideBard, all one word. It's the best place to hear about things that I'm doing or things to do with the podcast. If you really uh, are enjoying it, you can subscribe to the Patreon.com forward slash Fireside Podcast. I actually, um, the Patreon game is of course an incredibly competitive game as pretty much every podcast does one and it is the best thing about podcasts is that they are free and that you can access them anywhere in the world but of course uh, after a certain time it is uh it is it is really nice to imagine being able to um to reap some kind of financial gain from doing the thing that you love so much which i always wanted to do from doing the live shows which is uh what I always wanted them to be the means to an end for. but uh, And the Patreon is, of course, an entirely egalitarian thing. I'm not going to stop doing the podcast (coughs) if you don't become a patron. But with that said, uh, we have had a few new patrons over the past uh, couple of weeks, which I wanted to give a shout-out to. So thank you so much to... I have the names here. Uh, So thank you so much to Kit Mallow, to... Cullen Vance, to Connor Phelan and to Ollie Gray. Ollie Gray was actually the first patron for this podcast back in December so uh, and thank you to all of those who have joined since even if you just made that one time donation or you become a regular donator uh, it really makes a difference so thank you so much uh, for your support so today we are back to Folk Tales, we've been Knee deep in the Ulster cycle of Irish mythology for the last number of weeks, especially doing, making our way through the tawn, which I can't believe we have come to the end of now. We haven't quite come to the end of the Ulster cycle, but we've come to the end of that epic story that is the Tawn, which I hope you've all been enjoying. It was a mammoth task, but I really, really enjoyed adapting it. But it's really nice now to get back into the regular rhythm of the podcast, alternating each week between the folktales and the myths. And today we're doing a story from a new book uh, source that uh, was given to me as a gift from my brother for my birthday uh, back in November. It's a book called "Meeting the Other Crowd: The Fairy Stories of Hidden Ireland." It's not one I had seen before in the shops or anything. I think he actually got it in a bookshop in Wicklow town. Um, it's by a story, an Irish storyteller called Eddie Linehan, um, with with an American. I know she certainly lives in Boulder, in Colorado, and I think she is American. Carolyn Carolyn Eve Green. They put this book together. Um, it's, uh, it's quite a different kind of book and just a whole new, I haven't encountered any of the stories that have been the same yet. I haven't got through all of it yet, but I'm really enjoying it. It's written in such a different way. Um, it's written in kind of, it's phonetically the right words. Like they've tried to uh, recreate the, the way of speaking that, the storytellers that relayed the stories to them spoken, which is something I don't usually like Um because I think it can end up being a little bit distracting, especially when it comes to the Irish stuff where it becomes a little bit, it becomes very leprechaun-y very quickly as far as I'm concerned. Um, but the stories so far have been really good and this was actually the first story in the book uh, that I really liked. Um It is... It's teetering around a subject I don't like doing on the podcast very often, um which is uh to do with religion, but I thought that this one just worked so well as a story and um, there it is endlessly fascinating the idea of Irish people believing in Catholicism and fairies in tandem with each other and them very much. That being accepted as a thing that you could believe in both of, Uh, and I think this story illustrates that quite well. But I'm going to get down to the story now, we can have a bit more of a chat about it afterwards. And This is a name I'm quite proud of coming up with for this now. This is The Fairies on Judgment Day on Fireside. The Fairies on Judgment Day Fairies can be kind, they can be benevolent, but more often than not, they're mischievous, unpredictable, and sometimes downright vicious. And the most vicious fairies of all were to be in that limestone wonderland on the west coast of Ireland, the place that looks like a farm on the moon, the county of the Burren, County Clare. And this is the story of how the Banner Fairies became so nasty. There was a parish priest in the small village of Crusheen who was beloved by those who lived there. He was a decent sort. Short masses, wouldn't go too hard on people in confession, just a good skin. But he was particularly popular to the people of Crusheen because of his bedside manner. Whenever a village resident would take sick the parish priest would go to their house, sit on their bed, and anoint the poorly and say a few prayers. But there was one particular man who was pushing ninety, and naturally enough, he just kept on nearly dying, as old fellows like that are wont to do. Four times in the space of six months, the PP had to go to this man's house to heal him, and every time he did, the man would wake up the next morning feeling better than ever. This convinced the people of Crosheen that this was no ordinary priest. He actually did have a healing touch. But one late winter's night in mid-February, the parish priest was nestled in his bed in the Crosheen parochial hall. He had the life frightened out of him by a thunderous knock at the door. The PP arose, threw on his dressing gown and answered the door. It was a breathless young man the priest recognized as one of the sons of the frequently ill 19-year-old man. Tis himself, father,' the son then said. "'He's taken ill again.' The priest breathed a sigh. "'Run home now and tell your family I'm on my way.' The young man sprinted back down the road into the darkness. The parish priest then woke up his curate. "'Wake up. We've got to go heal that old man again.' ''Oh, for the love of... Will that man just die already?'' said the curate, who was significantly younger and less compassionate than his parish priest. ''That's enough of that talk out of you,'' said the PP. ''Now go tackle my horse while I prepare a bag.'' The curate grumbled as he got out of bed, got dressed, and went into the bitter cold to prepare the horse. The parish priest soon followed out, wrapped up warm and with a leather valise packed with lotions and potions and the lot. It was not just company that the parish priest was looking for from the curate. It wasn't as if he needed help in these late-night healings. But night is a very dangerous time for a priest. Especially when there's death in the air. And with death comes the devil. Coming to claim what souls he can to drag down to hell. The last thing the devil wants is black-clad servants of his enemy healing old farts who should be dying by the truckload. So the parish priest needed extra muscle, but the best he had was his ungrateful curate. At least the devil might take him instead. But the two travelling priests didn't encounter any devil on their long and lonesome path. Eventually they grew more comfortable and confident and began to doze off. They weren't far from the old man's house when the road got narrow and the horse stopped in his tracks. The priests awoke to see a hooded figure standing in the middle of the road. He spoke not a word, but took out from under his cloak an old creaky fiddle. The stranger then began to play the most haunting and beautiful music to come from a stringed instrument. Both priests were moved to tears, even the younger one who was a jerk. The fiddler blocked their path but then began to walk while still playing, and nothing would do the priests only to follow the sound of the music. As it happened, the stranger led the two priests to the very house they were going to in the first place, but before the priests could enter, he spoke at last. "'Did you enjoy the music?' "'Why, yes, it was absolutely beautiful,' said the parish priest. "'You must come and play it in the chapel at some point.' I don't play for God, was the reply I have entertained you Now I have a favor to ask in return The PP began to worry, but then said If you do not require me to sin, I will do what I can My request is simple, said the fiddler Go in there and ask that dying man What happens to the good people on judgment day the PP and curate looked at each other. "Well, good people traditionally go to heaven," said the PP patiently. "Not good people," said the frustrated fiddler, "the good people, the other folk, the she." "Come again," said the priest. "He means the fairies," said the curate. "Now let's go in, it's bloody freezing." "I'll be right here waiting for my answer, fathers." and the two puzzled priests entered the house of the dying man. Inside there was gathered the entire extended family. While the curate tied up the horse and pressed the flesh, the PP wasted no time in going right upstairs to his patient. The man lay barely conscious in his bed. The PP took his bag of tricks and anointed the man's forehead, took what confession he could, all the usual priesty things. Few words in Latin, all that. When the man seemed at peace again, the priest thought of the strange fiddler's question. But before he could ask, the wife of the old man came bursting into the room with a glass of whiskey. Priests can be devils for the drink, but certainly not this priest. He was a small one at Christmas type if ever there was one. But in this case, his manners got the better of him, and he could not refuse the offer of this glass of whiskey. But of course, it's never just the one. The rest of the family then barged into the room to see was the patriarch healed by the hand of the priest. The PP's glass was then refilled. But because he wasn't much of a drinker, and the wife was overwhelmed with gratitude, neither realized you probably shouldn't fill a glass of whiskey to the top, which she did. The priest duly drank. By the third glass... The PP was ready to pray to false gods. But fortunately, the curate saw this and did his boss a favour. Come on you, you're locked. Let's go home, he said. It's always the non-drinkers who cause a fuss, he thought. The PP let the curate more or less carry him out of the house, and once they were back on the horse, they took it slow back down the dark road towards crosheen When who should they encounter, of course but the hooded fiddler. Well, fathers, have you got my answer? Your answer, asked the still drunk priest. God's the answer, you stupid peasant. This insult caused the fiddler to remove his hood. The parish priest instantly sobered up. This was no mortal man. His skin was yellow with deep wrinkles that had the memories of a long and hard life etched into them. ''I'm so sorry I forgot,'' said the P.P. ''I'll run back and ask now.'' The P.P. asked the curate to stay with the fiddler and the horse while he ran back. ''Sod that,'' said the curate. ''That's the last thing I'm doing is staying here on my own with him.'' So the two priests left their horses and the fiddler and legged it back to the house of the dying man. The woman of the house was understandably surprised to see the two priests back so soon. ''Fathers,'' she said. ''What has the two of ye back?'' Himself hasn't taken sick again so soon as that. No, no, I just forgot something, said the parish priest, bulldozing past the woman. The curate stayed downstairs to talk to the still-assembled family, while the PP went up to the bedroom and locked the door. The old man was lying there as before, laid out on the bed. The priest sat there, leaned over, and whispered in the man's ear. What? What happens to the good people on the day of judgment? And to the priest's great surprise, the old man sat bolt upright in bed and said, If one drop of blood can be found in their bodies, the good people will see the face of God. What? began the priest. One drop of blood. And with that, the old man fell back onto the bed, dead. Dead. Before any of the family could realize what had happened, the parish priest sprinted down the stairs, grabbed the curate, and out of the house they went, back onto the road to Crushing. Soon they saw their horse, and with the horse, the fiddler. Well, fathers, I have your answer, but I don't know how much sense it will make to you. It doesn't make much sense to me. Sounds like you have the right answer, so... "'What is it?' "'Well,' began the PP, "'if one drop of blood can be found in your veins on the Day of Judgment, "'then you will see the face of God.' "'The stranger considered this. "'Just one drop?' "'Yes, he was actually quite specific about that.' "'Pondering this again, the fiddler said not a word "'until from under his cloak he pulled a bright, jagged dagger.' The two priests backed away, terrified the stranger was about to murder them. But instead, he stabbed himself. Right in the gut. And then again. And again. The fiddler stabbed himself twelve times and remained standing. He was still alive, as much as he had ever been. But from not one of the dozen fresh wounds in his body dripped even a single drop of blood. The stranger looked to the blade which was drenched in a green goo, more like apple sauce than blood. The two priests stood there, too terrified to even speak a word, even if they had had a word to speak. Eventually, the fiddler turned back towards the priests and held the knife in their direction. I should gut the two of you where you stand, but I am going to spare you for one reason. I want you to tell everyone what you have seen here tonight and tell them that anyone who we meet walking these roads at night will meet the end of our blades. For thousands of years our music has entertained travelers, but no more. For now that we know we will never go to heaven, what have we left to lose? His piece said, the fiddler disappeared. The two priests eventually regained control of their bodies and tried to move their horse. But the horse was even more petrified than them, for it is thought that horses can see the fairies even when humans can't. When the following Sunday came, the parish priest prepared his sermon. Now as well liked as he was for his supposed healing abilities, it was agreed by all parishioners that the PP gave an awful boring sermon. When it came time for it, people would often doze off, no mean feat given how uncomfortable church pews are. But on that Sunday, no one slept, as the priest told of everything that had happened, with the fiddler, the knife, and what would happen to all others who took a midnight stroll. The terrified community heeded the warning, and late-night walks stopped entirely. Pubs in the area started to go out of business And publicans began to emigrate Not until cars came to Ireland And people could safely drink drive Did business pick up again And as for the parish priest His name was never the same again For while his warning was heeded He was never asked to sit at the bedside Of another sick soul Because of the old man Whom he had healed so many times It ended up causing the death of The end (laughs) And that was the fairies On Judgment Day on Fireside So, oh, so lovely to be back Doing a folktale once more Sorry, I thought we had a Hope you didn't hear that sound I heard. It was like a crackling sound. So lovely to be back doing a folk tale on fireside. Always feels like the bread and butter. It's such a different approach to the myths, because you feel just that little bit more freedom to do to go any which way. Even though I was quite faithful to this this adaptation, um, by from Meeting the Other Crowd by Eddie Leonhan and Carolyn Eve Green. It's called Vicious Fairies in their book, but I just loved... Is that... Sorry, that sound seems to be going a little funny and I hope it's not affecting what ye hear. I'm just looking at the um the bars on the recording to see that it's definitely not being affected by that. Um. Yeah, it's called Vicious Fairies in their version, uh, the story from County Clare. Uh, and it's I thought it's very interesting to hear an origin story of fairies. You have an origin story in that they all started as the thuad Dé and then became the fairies when they stopped being worshipped and they went underground and into the other world. But it's really interesting to give this other just cause for why they have such a vendetta against human beings and it's really it's really interesting to hear this kind of uh this chaotic view that uh they're horrible to humans because what have they to lose Uh, it's kind of it's an interesting moral one uh because it's one of the biggest arguments um for any kind of atheism because obviously a big question is uh a big question people ask you is like oh well you know if if there's no god and there's no heaven you know then why why don't we all just murder each other you know and the response to that is if the fact that you believe in god is the only reason you're not killing people then that says way more about you and that you've way more problems going on there and this story is such a it's such an interesting proving of that point <laughs> of uh, the idea of the fairies, the fairies only being horrible because they have no guarantee of an afterlife. But it's... I love any kind of... Because this is a true fireside kind of tale, a tale that should be told at night, gathered round a fire. Anything that's about a dark road at night, like The Man Who Had No Story was our first one. We also had... uh, a banshee tale i forget what the title of it was about the man returning home to visit the dying parent and now there's any with the long and lonesome roads because there was just so many of them in ireland and you can just imagine they're they're scary now i mean if you live in the countryside if you grew up in the countryside like i did uh I live up a big hill that is lit with street lamps but it gets to a point of it where there are none and it can still even be terrifying, you know and now it might not be fairies that you're worrying about but it's something out there and in in The Meeting the Other Crowd book one of the more interesting things that Eddie Leanan does in it is he kind of gives his own author's notes on the different stories and he tells a, a funny anecdote about how that his entire life, he's he's had experiences of this. He's actually from Clare himself. And he has had experiences of, you know, walking along the road and being terrified of the fairies. And then he'd arrive in the pub and everyone would slag him and say, ah, sure, like, it's only kids that believe in that kind of stuff. What are you on about? And then about 20 Pints against us later on, the very ones who'd been slagging him would be saying, like, ah, no, in fairness, now to be there must be something in it you know there obviously is something out there now which is uh, to me one of the most quintessentially Irish things you could possibly happen of uh, we all give each other terrible grief for believing or not believing in absolutely anything and then given enough drink we come around to ourselves but I I hope that was an interesting reading of that my very dosed I'm not even drugged up um, because I just don't know what drugs to take because I've never felt any kind of illness like this before. It just it it kind of feels like what I imagine going cold turkey is feeling like—just not being able to keep anything down. Like I've been in hot sweats, been like either freezing or roasting, um, like either really cold or then just like pumping sweats. Uh, I managed to eat once yesterday, which I thought was pretty good going. I'm going to eat now, definitely, for sure. And I'm really looking forward to it. (laughs) Another great image is, of course, the idea of the fairy musician, you know, and this this fairy fiddler. And, yeah, it kind of gives more context as well of... So that when... The odd time when fairies are sound or nice to humans that now it gives an added... An added reason why that's a why that's such a particularly good thing or such a rare thing and a surprise when they are that that would happen i'm gonna i'm gonna wrap it up now because I'm really not cogent at all <laughs> but i'm happy I'm happy we got through that and I hope you enjoyed the story and I hope my very ill reading of it. <laughs> was still satisfying to listen to it was different i'll give it that for sure and i tried to really lean into the the nighttime nature of it which worked with how battered and bruised my voice and soul is at the moment (laughs) So, thank you so much for listening. Um, Continue to listen to us. Continue to leave ratings, subscribe, reviews, all that on wherever you get your podcasts. Follow me on Instagram at firesidebard, all one word. Subscribe to patreon.com forward slash fireside podcast. And I will see you all. You will hear me all next time round the fireside. Thank you and goodbye. This podcast is part of the Head Stuff Podcast Network.